names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. So I I I think I have a fun conspiracy theory that sort of right. segues into the next thing that we uh -huh. want to talk about. Maybe the most fun conspiracy theory about why this hasn't gotten done yet. We're busy talking about the Lakers and how how did they screw this up? What if what if our guy Ham has made a like Walter White level ballsy power play where he has, you know, he saw these reports like, yeah, you know, the Lakers are widely expected to like uh, Ham has some ideas on how to integrate Russell Westbrook. And da -da -da. what if he's like, no, 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 you leaked this. You have to get it done now, but I'm not coaching that guy. I'm not walking into <laughs> this situation where you're basically setting me up to be like, oh yeah, like, you know, we fired Frank and Darwin's going to fix this. Yeah. I, you have Darwin and Russell playing some kind of chicken. Like, yeah. Russ, Russ is Darvin just Ham's sitting just there like, like I'm Ham not opting in facility. until you, you, you promise me you're not going to send me to Indiana. And Darvin is like, I'm not signing the contract until you send Russell Westbrook to Indiana and you bring me Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald. Darvin like is it. outside the, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, who Darvin Ham coached in, uh, in Milwaukee, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Dar Darvin is standing outside Russ's house just with his arms crossed, just staring. That's what he's doing. Like, that's why he hasn't come to the facility. He's just trying to like, he's alphaing him right now. He's like, I'm in charge now. He just, he's Wouldn't following it be great him around. If, like, cause there's that video going that around Nike of Russell event, Westbrook. Just like, <laughs> there's a video going around of Russell Westbrook and we'll talk about this, uh, at the end of the show, but the video going around of Russ shooting and how like, you know, oh, maybe this is maybe just, maybe this is the season that he adds a jumper to his repertoire. Darvin um, was recording that and he <laughs> is trying to release it to get other teams to trade. Oh, I was, I was going in a different direction. Darvin's like, we, we need to trace a burner account back to Darvin where he's like, this is bullshit. He only made one jumper. How many did it take for this guy to make one? <laughs> no, no, no. He filmed it and he cut all the misses. Yeah. And like, he's like at, at Blazers, at, you know, Hornets, at Pacers. Yeah. At Phil Knight. Out. Yeah. <laughs> at Nike. Um, all right. Uh, I, I, I do have one more question though, before we fully move on to, um, the 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 comparison I of Darvin Ham of the reasons that we've come up with this is my favorite so far where he's yes. like he's got them in a corner he's like you can't you cannot screw up another head coaching hire so I want this guy gone or I'm not signing the contract it's like a total like yeah. he is all cards on the table going all in I love this I don't think it's true but I love it if it's true oh screw it I'm gonna go so far as to say it's true it's head yeah. cannon <laughs> um I, I I what do you make of like is this just, is this just a, a a matter of Ham having more leverage over the Lakers at the time of his hiring than Frank did? The fact that Frank, after winning a championship, didn't have the autonomy to put together his own coaching staffs and didn't have the auton the ability to tell Kurt Rambis to get out of his coaches' meetings. Um, what do you make of the 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 juxtaposition there of how Ham? is being treated here versus how Frank was treated, not just at the time of his hiring, but also after he won the Lakers a champ, helped win the Lakers a championship. So I think number one, 
We know that Frank was never the Lakers' first choice. We know that they were ready to micromanage any coach from step one and feel like they know better and that coaches don't matter. Like, this is something that this front office has made abundantly clear, you know, throughout kind of uh, hilariously. They're like, yeah, like every single one of their actions is like coaches don't matter. But then they might go through this offseason. They're like, yeah, the only thing we needed was a coaching change. Uh, like, <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I think part of this is you know, situations that they were in. Darwin is coming from a place where they just want a title. He, you know, is in a good situation where theoretically next year they should be right back in title contention. He is someone that will continue to be considered a promising candidate, you know, even if it wasn't for this gig, maybe for the Hornets gig, maybe for gigs that are open next summer, you know. So he has a little bit more leverage than someone, just in inherently, than someone like Frank who was unemployed. He's definitely the top know. candidate on the market. For yeah, sure. and th where things flamed out with the magic during his last stop, just someone who did not have a lot of leverage to know, like, hey, there is going to be another head coaching opportunity for me available at some point soon if I just wait. That probably was not the case with Frank. And so there was more of like a mindset of, hey, let's get together and let's make this work for both sides. You know, we're giving you an opportunity. You are coming to save us. But like in order for us to give you this opportunity versus some other retread that we originally didn't want, you got to do X. Y and Z. And so I think there's a little bit of that. And if someone's not your first choice, you know, first impressions are a huge thing where it's hard for that person to kind of win you over and make you believe that they're the coach. And look, the Lakers were sort of right. Frank did not manage last year very well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it, they, by undermining him, they inadvertently prove themselves right or maybe intentionally about his value and not giving him <laughs> that extension. Um, 40 chess, and, and, huh? <laughs> and we know that the, the coaching fraternity is tight. You know, the story of how Frank dealt with is surely even more out there or how Frank was handled is even more out there in these coaching circles than it is, you know, to us. And so I'm sure that Darvin is well aware of all the BS that Frank had to deal with from this front office and can go into it from more of a sense of, you know, where for Frank, he's walking into it and they're like, yeah, you know, Kurt's going to be in your coaches meetings. We view this like a corporation, you know, we all have direct reports. Sometimes they sit in on meetings just to kind of check things out. It won't be a big deal. And Frank's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I'm easygoing Frank Vogel. And, but I think with Darvin, he can come into it and it's like, yeah, you know, like, I heard in our NBA coaches association slack that Fran that Kurt was just like demanding that DJ start in coaches meetings and undermining Frank at every opportunity. And, you know, I just like, I, I looked up on basketball reference. It turns out he didn't actually have that many great coaching ideas in his past stops. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I would prefer to have sort of autonomy over the whole coaching thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I well, this is all right on that on that specific point. This is why the lowdown that I did about diversity in in the front office was so important, right? That all it took was one outsider to show up and be like, "Hey, yeah, um, this guy's resume is not great. My resume is like kind of better than his, so <laughs> I don't know that necessarily I should have to listen to him." <laughs> so so that's should, you know if we're grouping tiers in this company you know i should be in a tier above this guy yeah. you know i think that is sort of like that maybe that's his approach i i would agree and then and then the other thing too here so i i get where you're going when it comes to uh frank at the time of his hiring but after he won a championship you would think that an organization would maybe be a little bit more open to the fact that, hey, this guy's a pretty good coach. No, it was Kurt's suggestions that won them that championship, okay? <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. It's not that I, I'm I also not, think it's I'm a not here saying that, like, 
what have we heard every single story about Darvin Ham? I'm sorry to cut you off, but like yeah. every single story that we've heard about Darvin Ham is how he is not a guy who takes BS yeah. from people. No, and Frank Vogel is maybe the most easygoing NBA head coach on the entire planet in terms of, you know, willing, willingness to collaborate, willingness to work with people, willingness, yeah. egolessness in terms of like, yeah, you're putting Jason Kidd on my staff. I don't care. You know, we're, me and Jason are going to become best friends. And then somehow they did. Uh, and <laughs> like, yeah. so I just think that it's a sort of different you know, personality type that you're dealing with here. And that's not like a criticism of Frank. That's not a criticism of Darwin or any really value judgment. It's just they're, by all reports, they're very different people in terms of how they deal with other people. And Darwin certainly seems to be the type that is not going to put up with BS. And I would qualify Kurt Rambis being in your coaches' meetings as BS. As BS. Yeah. No, I, I think that is the explanation, is that, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not sitting here blaming Frank Vogel for the Lakers not putting him in a position to succeed. Look, the entirety of the next bit of our conversation is going to be about how the Lakers need to put Darvin in a place to succeed. But it does seem that uh, on top of the additional leverage that Ham had being the top candidate on the market, on top of that, Ham's personality wouldn't allow for, you know, he, he's not suffering the fools here. He's not... He's not okay with uh, the, the nonsense that Frank was seemingly okay with as Frank continued to, and this is, and this is the other thing too, um, that like this, this stretches across industry. This isn't a coach specific thing, but if you are an employer and your employee is operating under the assumption that at any given moment, that person is not just fighting for their job, but like, likely to bet to get fired you are not going to get the best version of that person that per that that person is going to be operating out of fear and out of self-preservation and i think with frank you know as easy as it would be for us to sit here and say frank just say no just stand up for yourself frank um put your foot down with russ and and, and all these things as frank is is kind of fighting for his career he might sit there and say i'm just gonna go along with this it's what got me this job in the first place, my interest in going along with the flow, and I'm gonna to continue to do the things that, that hopefully might keep me employed. And if this is a factor, and Ham is basically saying, no, screw that, I am going to do this job the way that I know that it needs to be done, then the Lakers already probably have an upgrade. Yeah. You know, that, and, and that, that matters. Um, all right that actually segues us over pretty naturally to still what the Lakers have to do here. And it appears that they're on their way to kind of sort of doing is put people that you were hoping to develop in situations to succeed. And we haven't seen that to this point with Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, and, and we have seen players from the Lakers. Now, some of it is that like more time in the league is going to mean that they are going to look like better players over time. But we have seen players that were formerly Lakers go out and have pretty great, great success elsewhere in the league. Uh, Brandon Ingram won uh, Most Improved Player. Julius Randle, I believe, won the same award. Um, that one, that 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 it's that uh, reward or award specifically that these guys are winning signals to me like, yeah, around the league, they were thought of one way, and then they they went somewhere else, and not just because 
the other team is putting them in a better uh, situation to succeed. And not just because uh, these guys put in the work to uh, succeed at a higher level. Like we are still seeing the Lakers, former Lakers go out. Lonzo Ball um, went out and got paid, paid by the Chicago Bulls and was a big part of their success. And like their, their decline over the course of the season had a lot to do with the fact that Lonzo wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've seen these guys go out and develop elsewhere and be really important parts elsewhere. And meanwhile, we saw Taylor Horton Tucker stick around and just kind of be stuck in the mud last season. And I think a lot of it has to do with the position that the Lakers forced Taylor into it, it, not just basketball wise, but the fact that as he was signing his extension, as he was re-signing with the Lakers, it was presented as if the Lakers were kind of sort of choosing him over Alex Caruso, which right there sets expectations at probably an unrealistic place because not only is he going to have to be good on his own terms, but he's expected to be good on Alex Caruso's prior terms, which Caruso started in game six of the NBA Finals. In the deciding game of the NBA Finals, Caruso started and the Lakers immediately, like at one point, were up by 40 points in that Finals game. So... Like on top of on top of the fact that like you know Russ and Talon isn't a natural fit, you could probably argue that Russ and LeBron isn't a particularly natural fit. He didn't get very minutes out there where it was just him tasked with running an offense. And in the moments that he did, he actually looked pretty good because we all know that's the role that he probably should be playing in the first place. Like we have seen the Lakers position people that they are hoping to develop in positions to fail, not to succeed, but to fail. And, and what they're going to have to do here with Darvin is, is put him in a better situation to succeed. And Harrison, like for you, how does that, what does that look like? If they are hoping to put Darvin in, in a situation where he can be the best version of himself um, and not in a way as we just talked about where the late, he was the, he's been the best version of himself um, kind of out of, <laughs> in spite of the Lakers. Um, what can the Lakers do to make the situation more accommodating to his development than they have done with other young entities in their organization? I mean, he needs a, he obviously needs a coaching mentor like Kurt Rambis, you know, someone with experience (laughs) running the show uh, that can like, he can lean on. Um, Yeah, no, uh, I think it's sort of not, not to be boring or kind of like opt out of the question, but it's the same. It, It, the success of Darvin Ham is the same thing that's going to lead to the success of the Lakers. You know, they're they're kind of it's not like Talon where the best version of him didn't necessarily jive with what the Lakers were trying to be or their roster construction or whatever. Like the best version of Ham is one where the Lakers are having success. Um, and you know, I think that Russ being there is sort of the key or Russ not being there is sort of the key element in both of those. Like you can't, the the simple answer is that Russ has to be gone because you can't, you can't waste an entire training camp on trying to integrate like a, something that we already know is a failed experiment that is not going to work at the level that the Lakers need it to work to, to win a title. Now I understand that the counterpoint is that they can't just make a rust deal just to make a rust deal or make a bad deal or do all of these things in a vacuum in principle. You know, it's like, it's bad business, it's bad basketball, whatever, but you cannot tell me that there are not some team 
with flawed but overpaid players that are willing to swap them out for Russ for immediate cash savings. Like we've just seen, we've seen too many people. We've made fun of the Lakers for being cheap, but they still had like, you know, as Jeannie Buss want, wants everyone to point out, they still had the fourth highest paid pay- payroll in the league last mm-hmm. year. You know, they're more willing to spend than some of these small market teams. And there should be opportunities God, there. I can't believe these that's other teams. the fucking bar. I'm I'm not saying that that's like a bar for like, that's where the Lakers should be. But I'm saying Mm -hmm. that in terms of their willingness to spend, they've already shown that they're more willing to spend than at least some of the lowest spenders. And so I, I think that we, there has to be a deal out there like the ones that have been mentioned with the Pacers, like the ones that have been mentioned with the Hornets. There are probably other teams that we don't know about that want to save money that because they didn't have as good of ticket revenue during the pandemic and during the last season or their team was bad and they're looking to rebuild and things like that. Like, you can't tell me that there's not going to be a team that's willing to take on a $47 million expiring contract during the offseason when you have more room to make these moves in order to kind of facilitate themselves rebuilding and hitting a reset on their kind of contract books. You know, like I just don't buy that that is something that the mm-hmm. Lakers are not going to be able to find no matter how many times that they leak that, oh yeah, the plan is to move forward with Russ. Like, oh, uh, to channel my inner Darius, like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it, you know? Right. I mean, that's always, that's been my consistent stance here is that like, you can bluff all you want, but if no, if you and I are capable of, of, of calling the bluff, then surely like, I, there's I don't, another team I, I'm not there surprised that everyone's like, oh yeah. in league circles, the word is that the Lakers are planning to move forward with Russ. Like, yeah, no shit. Like what else are they supposed to say right now? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, we definitely got to trade this guy. I just refuse to believe logically that the Lakers could have watched last season and determined that the only problem was the coach and the role pieces, you know, like, as they tell the guy- us that coaches don't matter. Yeah. This is and role players that- don't matter for that matter, as they didn't bring uh, Caruso back. Almost like Russ's presence alone, almost single-handedly torpedoed a championship culture where everyone was like about defense and accountability and Mm -hmm. all of these things. Like it just completely fell apart. I just have no way of believing that they saw on and off the court how horribly this all went and are like, yeah, you know, but whatever. We can't give up like a first round pick. So let's just like hang in for another year of that and just waste LeBron and AD's prime. The first look. I've 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 compared it to the situation um, a lot in the past, but brand damage alone, you can't do it. They cannot have another like another horrible year like last year on and off the court. Well, the brand the brand aspect of this is important too because this is somebody in Russ that they have basically blamed for all of last season. Like as it no, they blame not... Frank. Russ is second. <laughs> well, but no, I I would argue like the fact that they spent half a season basically leak, leaking to point fingers at clutch and like that's why we traded for this guy in the first yeah, place. Fair. That tells everybody that yeah, we 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 know that that was a, that was a screw up. We know that we we really messed up that trade and that it seriously set us back. Um you can't do that for again, not just this off season, but it dates back to the All-Star break. The fact that it goes back to the, like at starting at the All Star break, basically there was a there was a leak off between the two factions of the organization, and and like as that is going on, the fans are sitting here saying, "So wait, you guys aren't going to pursue a championship here with LeBron James? Like you guys really?" LeBron is sitting there saying, "Wait, you guys really aren't going to try to fix this thing and give me a chance with AD to go out and win a championship in a year?" By the way, Harrison, that like, look, Golden State is pretty good. I think they're good, but 
like this West, they aren't they aren't a they aren't a freaking buzzsaw. We saw like, LeBron almost single handedly beat this team with Russ. And again, like granted, that's a regular season game, but like yeah. you know the the margin is Boston not beat that up Miami team was a, a shit ton of G leaguers and Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah, like. <laughs> You know, I'm not I'm not saying that the Lakers are like some like hidden giant or whatever, but you can't tell me that there are not a couple moves that they could make on the margins to give them at least a puncher's chance in some of these playoff series yeah. if LeBron and AD are healthy. Yeah, and and but I I not I to think be the so, favorite, but to be a team that could go into the playoffs and have the potential to make a run. But they don't have that potential with Russ on the roster. I agree. Like not yeah. not not just not just because of Russ the player. Like I I know that I am I am lower on Russ the player than just about everybody. But um, when you have Russ taking up that much of your cap and all the only tools that you're left to work with is you know one exception and a bunch of vet minimums. You know maybe a second rounder that you buy in the upcoming draft. Like if that's all you have to work with, no, they don't have the potential to go out there and compete with these teams because. They are seriously limited. That's why, like, so the, the, I think the, the quote unquote fairest trade that I have seen linked to the Lakers to this point is with them sending Russ to New York for, uh, Fournier, Kemba and Burks or something like that. Right. Um, and, and like, no, that in, in like, yes, it would, it would suck to add a first rounder to Russ to get that smaller return especially if in the past you have heard about Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brogdon, or in the past you have heard about Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Um, like, even as that is kind of the context and this would be the eventual return, yeah, that would be somewhat disappointing. But Fournier and Burks are both wings that, in theory, help make LeBron and AD better by spacing the floor. Kemba isn't play, playable at this stage of his career, but he's a $9 million ex, uh, expiring contract that you could attach to Talon Horton Tucker and bring in somebody in that kind of 18 to $20 million range who could maybe help. Um, and, and like that's that again, like you're talking about, it's the potential there for it. Th that gives you the, the flexibility to do some of those things. But so long as Russ is on the roster, you can't. And that's why like, and, and like you said, I'm not anticipating that the Lakers would go out and leak that, yeah, they're willing to stretch this guy if af absolutely need be because that tanks any chance that they have at, at, at entering negotiations with any leverage whatsoever. Um, even though I think that it's their attempt at trying to do that is kind of a fool's errand because nobody hey, is buying like, the bluff. You know, it's best practices. They're doing what yeah. they have to do. Right. But, like, look, if they can't move, if they can't move Russ at all, like if if the return is if if basically that package that I just talked about would also cost two first rounders, then yeah, I would say no. That's not. I wouldn't make that trade because uh, it it would be really like that's seriously chasing bad money. But can you stretch Russ? And if you stretch Russ, does that give you that gives you access to a ten and a half million dollar exception? rather than the four and a half million dollar exception that they're going to be trying to work with, or six, I guess, million dollar uh, exception that they're going to be working with, with Russ on the roster. Like that $10 million gets you a significantly better player than the $6 million does. And, and like, yeah, you say, well, we just, we just finished paying off, uh, uh, we just finished paying off the wall Deng's contract and we can't go through that again. It's like, I understand where you're coming from there, but 
in this situation, you kind of have to. And it's only two years at $12 million when you're probably going to have LeBron and AD on your books anyway. So you're not going to have a ton of flexibility anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I would just say if you're, if you're trying to set up Darvin Ham to succeed, Russ is antithetical to any of those efforts. And again, I, I don't think that we've seen there has been no reporting that has made me actually believe that Russ will be on the team next year. Yeah. All right. Um, it's not that I don't believe that these reporters are not hearing these things. I just don't buy it. Yeah. I don't think any of the, the league is either. I don't think most of the reporters do. <laughs> that, that too. Um, all right. So I do. I do. Before we segue over to bingo and before we say our goodbyes, uh, Ian Bagley of. Uh, I saw this. <laughs> of SNY um, is reporting that the Knicks are finalizing a contract with Rick's Br- Rick Brunson to become an assistant coach on Tom Thibodeau's staff. Um, that's amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Rick, Br- Rick Brunson um, is Jalen Brunson's dad. Jalen Brunson is somebody that the Knicks are going to be really pursuing heavily in this upcoming offseason. That's just that's just good work there by Leon Rose. And I believe Rose. Leon Rose was Rick Brunson's agent when he was a player. <laughs> <laughs> Great work all around. Um, all right, so uh, let's let's catch people up on bingo. Which two bingo squares have you hit? I hit one today um, that I mentioned earlier in the show where I said that Russ would be committed to working on his shooting and working on defense. We have seen clips of both of those things. So I have, a, I, I have one of my boxes uh, filled yeah. out. How about you? And so I got two so far uh, to give people an update. And so mine were insert candidate X had a stellar and impressive interview with the Lakers brain trust. We got that about really out on the candidates, I believe, but especially yeah. Darvin ham. Uh, uh-huh. So that was like, that, again, that was like a gimme. And I yeah. knew that we would get that leak eventually. I think I we tried played this a little game harder in this game. Yeah. <laughs> than you did. Uh, and so, and then the other one was Jesse and Joey bus have been more involved, which was like the most transparent, you know, like, Hey, yeah. look, these smart guys are back, even though we leaked this the last time everyone was mad at us and it made no difference. <laughs> um, all right. This uh, I, this is getting awkward, but I do, again, want to wish you I well. I hope that you keep doing the Lakers leak bingo without me. Like, you just keep people updated on, like, how badly I'm Oh, LeBron them. loves it. I've, yeah. I've already spoken to him. He's really he's really excited. About, oh, I'm, I just got to check my – yeah, he says he can't do it. Um. LeBron J yeah I, ask him about the LeBron James wants to wait a bit to sign an extension to see how for you know like how the season starts to play out <laughs> ask him about that one because I have that down so you, you want me to start just me. winning you bingo yeah that's the whole pod <laughs> also uh, you know as I say my goodbyes I just uh, like I wanted to say how disappointed I am in you for not last week for last week when you had Aaron on and he didn't know about the Fournier thing, not getting him to Google it live on the show. <laughs> it would have been so great. I'm just saying, see, try it right. tomorrow. Here's my here's my problem. I was I was rolling with like the way that it's just human nature. That also, as like, like the more are... the more you tell somebody not to Google it, eventually they're going to Google it. But seriously, if you are if you are like listening to this right now, I care do about not. you and I love you. Do not Google it. Do not Google. You will not Fournier. be able to unsee it. No, ever, Junk. ever Never Google. <laughs> that's Fournier. that's perfect. Last advice for you to give. I think we got to end on that. Yeah, I think I think that's fine. You know, I, like I said, uh, like I've said the last two weeks or three weeks or whatever it's been. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I I love you all. I'm gonna miss you all. And but I know that you are in great hands with you know Raj and Sabrina 
mm-hmm. and uh, and Alex and uh, Senator Padilla and Aaron and uh, Christian and Jacob. I think that's everyone. You asked.